do, we're, we're better together, better with the sound team, the worship team. It just all comes together when we're better together. And uh, that's where we're going to continue on our theme, uh, Better Together. And uh, today's lesson is called uh, Mighty Men and Women of God. And, uh, you know, it is an honor to uh, be able to just preach the word here and be surrounded by so many strong men and women of God um, that have really just poured into my faith and my development. So I'm so grateful for all of you. And, uh, you know, Ray touched on the Olympics a little bit. I'm going to speak on the Olympics a little bit because we only get to speak about it every four years. So, um, you know, when I think of mighty, I think of some of these Olympic athletes and I like to, an ideal day for me is to start my morning with God and then go to the gym. And when you go to the gym, you think you're mighty, maybe not as mighty as you think. Um, but some people that really are mighty, I uh, will take a look at is uh, these Olympic gold medalists for weightlifting, China's Li Wenwen and Georgia's Lasha Telekases. And uh, that's a look at them right there. And uh, Li Wenwen uh, has a gold medal in three Olympic records. And um, George uh, Lasha, he has, um, he broke the records in snatch, which is taking, you know, 490 pounds and just lifting it over your head like that, 490 pounds. And also he has the record in um, snatch, in the, in, the, in the clean and jerk, which is taking 585 pounds over, over your head. And, you know, you get three lifts for every, every lift. So every single lift he gets, he's, he's re-breaking his own record. And he's just making the bar just look like this little tiny toothpick. And, uh, you know, these are, you know, Lasha might be like this modern-day modern day physical warrior. Um, but what is it to be, you know, the spiritual warrior, the spiritual mighty man or woman of God? And uh, the definition of mighty is possessing great and impressive power or strength, especially on the account of size. But we're going to look at what this means in the spiritual sense. And I know some of us, we might not feel like we're mighty warriors of God, mighty men and women of God, uh, but these people that we're going to look at um, were warriors, but God didn't necessarily, well, they didn't see themselves as, as warriors. These were people who were, uh, they were homeless, they were in debt, uh, and they were just serving, and, th- and God saw them as these warriors. So today, maybe if you don't see yourself as this mighty warrior, you can see yourself as someone who is, uh, you know, striving to be there, and God looks at you and says, you know, this is my mighty warrior of God. Let's see here. Uh, so so uh, let's pray as we get into this. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for allowing me to just deliver your word. Thank you for everyone here uh, that is just listening, God. I pray that they have ears to hear and ears to decipher, really, anything that's not of you, God, that comes from my lips that is wrong or incorrect, God. I pray, God, um, just for the words to be your words, God, and whatever is not, they can decipher, God. Thank you for this body of believers, these people seeking, God. We just pray, God, that the truth be told, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Uh, so we're going to be looking at 2 Samuel uh, 23. And I just want to give everyone a little, a little context of what's going on in 2 Samuel 23. 
Um, so David is anointed king. So there's a gap period between when David is anointed king and when David is actually recognized as king. So we're in that gap period right here. And in that gap period, uh, David is really, he's trying to fight for his life. We know that Saul, the current king, is trying to actually kill David. Um, so God places 30, 30 men to protect David. And uh, we're going to focus on three of these men, three of these warriors, to see how we can also be mighty men and women of God. All right, so we'll get to the best part, the scripture, the word of God. In 2 Samuel 23, 8, it reads, These are the names of David's mighty warriors. Joseph Bathshebeth, a Tachmanite, was chief of the three, and he raised his spear against 800 men who he killed in one encounter. So this man is that warrior in the physical sense, but also in the spiritual sense going to war for God, killing 800 men. You know, I don't know about you, but if you're going to war and you kill one person, two people, three people, your confidence is just going to go up higher and higher. I don't know what he felt like at 300 men, 400 men, 500 men. You just see this guy just just going at it, right? And his confidence must be so high. And uh, so that's my first point that You've got to have that confidence that God is with you. God is with you at all times. And uh, God, God is our friend. He, he loves you. And why we have this confidence that God is always with us, it's not because we're so great. It's because the God that we serve is so great. And, you know, to really adopt that mindset, that mindset is, if God is for me, then who can be against me? And I think, you know, this man here just had that confidence that, that God is with me. And we should have that confidence. So whether it's 800 men that come against us, whether it's 800 challenges, uh, we should have this confidence. Even if we get tired, we get worn down, but also on this theme of better together, that we encourage each other, that no matter what we're going through, we can do life together. You know, we need brothers and sisters that not only we can celebrate and be with you when times are good and things are going great, uh, but also when times are hard and to be with each other and, and mourn with each other and do life together. And, uh, you know, there's times in our lives where we do have sin or faithfulness, uh, faithfulness, and we have to confess to each other. And that's all part of this Christian walk is having each other to hold each other accountable and be mighty men and women of God. And let's look uh, at our second mighty warrior to help David. And it's in 2 Samuel 23, 9 through 10. All right. So 2 Samuel 29, 9 through 10 reads, Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodia the Apoite. As one of the three mighty warriors, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered as palm de mean for battle. Then the Israelites retreated, but Eleazar stood his ground and, stuck and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and frozen to the sword. So I love it here where he says he stood his ground. See, Eleazar is going the opposite direction of most people. You know, we got to go the opposite direction of the world, which is my second point, to stand your ground. 
to stand firm in your convictions. The Israelites, they retreated. They changed directions. But Eleazar, he's on this mission. He's going to fight the good fight of faith. And, you know, we can think of that practically today when culture is all going one way. Uh, are we going against culture? Are we standing our ground? Um, you know, that can look different in everyone's life. Um, but we want to be set apart. My question is, what convictions are you going to stick with this year? You know, I know, uh, you know, January is obviously the start of the new year, but sometimes like the fall when we go back to school, that can seem like this new year. And uh, what are those convictions we're going to stick with this year? Uh, uh, Falling into sin, it just starts with a little compromise of those convictions. Usually we don't get into this big sin. Uh, Usually we just let a little sin in and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, and I know as a church, uh, we do have to stick together and we can have different convictions, right, on different roles that we have. Um, But one conviction that that I just pray that we never compromise on is that Jesus Christ is Lord. And just to... Just check up on each other. We're better together. Check up on our convictions, uh, you know, how we're doing in different areas. And that, that just goes for everyone. That goes for, that goes for myself being trained in ministry. Uh, you know, Aaron really called me higher. I don't know if he remembers this, but he called me on the phone. He's like, bro, are you sitting down? And, uh, you know, he, he was just telling me, like, just things I should, I should just be aware of. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you've been a disciple for 20 years 30 years, if you have a position of leadership or you're, you're just starting out in your faith journey, we need to uh, be able to hold each other accountable and stick to those convictions that we set for ourselves. And, uh, you know, another conviction I have is, is purity. And um, some of you know that I'm, I'm getting married next month. All right. Amen. And, amen, thank you. I, post, I posted a picture on social media about uh, kind of on that, on, on purity and saying, you know, uh, it'll be my first kiss with my fiance on our wedding day. And, uh, you know, I think you can kiss before marriage. I'm not, I'm not getting into all that. But, but the whole point was purity. And uh, my friend from high school, which people, like, they watch your social media whether you think they do or not. Like, I've had lots of people. It's a huge fishing pond, really, social media, whether it's in the long run or right away. Um, but one of my friends from high school, he, he called me and he was like, hey, bro, is that true? You know, and I haven't talked to him in a long time. We've been starting to talk like once a month now. Um, but he's like, is that true? And I said, yes. And uh, he was telling me his, my friends from high school were kind of making fun of me. Um, but at the end of the phone call, he said, but he said, you know what? Like, I respect it, you know. And even if the world doesn't respect it, you know, it's, it's your relationship with God. And it doesn't matter what they think, what the world thinks. And that's the same thing with Eleazar. He's going the opposite direction of everybody else. He doesn't care, you know, if you want to make fun of me, you want to think this or that of me. He's just, it's me and God, and we're, and we're doing this, right? Yeah. And, you know, we can say, well, the world, they look like they're having so much fun, right? They're doing what they want, when they want, with who they want. But we have to remember that, you know, our eternity is in heaven, so when it looks like, you know, they're having so much fun, if they don't repent, this is as good as it gets for them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not that fun. <laughs> like, it's not. It's not. Especially, especially if this is it. 
because we have this eternity to look forward to. Uh, so just to keep that in mind, you know, are you willing to be different? You know, are we as disciples willing to be different and not just different just for the sake of being different, but this, for the sake of the gospel? Um, and can, do you believe that you can really be different? And sometimes it can be hard to be different, but that theme, again, of better together, together it's easier to be different. Um, and last night, some of us from Uplift, we got together and we were watching The Chosen. Uh, if you're familiar with The Chosen, it's, it's basically like short, like maybe 45-minute clips of Jesus and his ministry. Um, and I'm thinking like, you know, what 20- and 30-year-olds are really just on a Saturday night just watching these videos of Jesus, right? And even for a second, like, there was a Manny Pacquiao fight going on, and Victor invited me, and I'm like, man, why aren't I watching this fight right now? But, you know, I really had so much fun, and just watching just this life of Jesus with, with friends, um, it, was, it was so refreshing. And uh, Gian was there. I don't know if Gian's here today. Uh, amen. And, uh, you know, it was cool to have him around, and and if you don't know him, I encourage you to get to know him. He's back, and he's very, like, funny. But when we prayed after, like, this man is very deep. This man is very deep. So I encourage you to get to know him. But, I mean, there is a time and place, obviously, for, you know, watching sports and doing all that. I'm not saying that. Um, but there's a time to just be a little different from the world and, and be uh, in love with Jesus. Amen. And let's take a look uh, at our third person of God that we can learn from. In 2 Samuel 23, 20 to 23. Appreciate you guys. All right. It reads, Benia, son of Jodea, a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benia went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the ex- exploits of Benia, son of Jodea. He too was, a, was as famous as the three mighty warriors. He was held in great honor than any of the thirty, but he was not included among the three. And David put him in charge of this bodyguard. This brings me to my third point, is to take heart for those you care about. And take heart, we can kind of think it's kind of a churchy lingo, so what does that really mean? To take heart is to take control of your mind so that you can be brave, courageous, and face difficult times. I'll read that again. To take heart is to take control of your mind so that you can be brave, courageous, and face difficult times. This leader, Benia, is known for taking on famous battles. He's fighting the mightiest warriors. He's, he's fighting a lion. You know, whatever, whatever comes his way. And you think of someone, who's, who's here is going to fight a lion, right? Just to fight a lion. I don't think anyone here is going to do that. Or fight just the mightiest warriors. Um, you know, I wonder what's going through his mind at this time. And, you know, I don't know this for a fact, so definitely encourage you to read the scriptures on your own and see, and see what you take out of it. But, you know, to, to fight a lion, you know, 
you got to think he's, I, I have to think he's doing this for the greater good, for those around him, because he's taking heart. You think of a lion or the two mightiest men, you probably wouldn't just fight them. But maybe if they were harming your family, your kids, your best friends, then you'd at least think about it, right? And, <laughs> amen. Um, but that's, again, that's that, that's that physical warrior. Um, but how can we be a spiritual, mighty man or woman of God? Sometimes we just have to hear our friends out, hear them cry out for help. You know, when, when they're mourning, to be with them, to aid them, uh, to help them. And, you know, I can be very guilty of just being with my friends, and I just want it to be light and have a good time and laugh. Uh, but sometimes that's not what they need. Sometimes they need you to listen. They need to talk it out and not just change the subject right away, uh, but sit with them. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's not going to be all resolved in that two hours. It might take, you know, a week, a month, years, but we've still got to be willing to pray uh, for our brothers and sisters. And, uh, you know, just an example of someone taking heart. Uh, my fiance, uh, a, a few months, a few months ago, she was here for me uh, when my grandmother had passed. And, uh, you know, it, anyone can take heart for you. It doesn't have to be fiance, wife, husband. It can be a close friend, family member, a, a roommate. It can be anyone. Um, but she was really just taking heart, being courageous, just listening to me um, in these hard times. And uh, that's a picture of me as, as a kid with my grandmother. And that's with my, me and my grandmother a couple years ago. And I love this scripture. It says, take heart, I've overcome the world. And, uh, you know, my fiance was only here for like maybe five days. And, you know, it kind of took a turn on the trip where we were, had a day trip in San Diego. And I got the news. Um, and I'm just like, everyone that knows me and my grandmother, like, she never said I was her favorite, but like everyone kind of knows, like, I was her favorite, <laughs> you know. Um, so, like, we used to talk on the phone every other day. Um, so we were, we were very close and she was just listening to me, praying for me. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm at the, the IE, the IE retreat with, uh, all the IE campus ministers and, uh, Roy's playing worship and, uh, Chris, another minister in the IE is playing worship and, uh, and I'm just crying and I'm crying and I'm sobbing and I'm like, I have to speak at my grandmother's funeral the next day. Uh, so I had to fly out the next day. I'm thinking, like, what am I going to say? I don't have, we don't have time. Like, I don't have time to even, like, come up with what I want to say. Like, we have, like, a lesson and then worship and then we're eating together. And the whole time I'm like, oh, how can I, how can I take heart from my family? Um, but it reminds me of my first point that you can always take heart when you know that God is on your side. When you know God is on your side, you can take heart. And, you know, I, I, I was still wrestling with what to say. And, um, you know, I'll just kind of say a little bit of what I said um, at my grandmother's funeral. And, uh, you know, Lord willing, she's, she's with Jesus. I don't think she had her whole doctrine right, but I don't think any of us do. I did have her confess Jesus is Lord. Um, but, you know, I just spoke to my family and I really said she was, not, she was 93 years old. 
was 93. And I said, you know, 93 years old is, is a long time. It's a long time. But, you know, when it goes back to that eternity that I was talking about, you know, 93 years is a very short, short time. When you look at, like, 93 and then you have the rest of time. So, you know, I, I'll encourage them and I want to encourage you guys that maybe don't know God yet, if you still know God, to keep on reading your Bibles, uh, to just see what the Word of God says for yourself. You know, because you don't want to get to the end and then say, oh, I'm going to figure it out now, because that's it's too late. It's too late. So you really want to see what the Bible says for itself. You know, if, if, you, if, you, if you're just here by yourself, whoever invited you, or I can help you out, like, and I'm learning too, we're all learning, uh, but we want to figure this out together because, you know, eternity is a long time, and it can be, it can be super glorious, and we want it to be super glorious for everyone in this room. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, so David is described, uh, David is, David is described as someone, uh, you know, a man after God's own heart. And we look at David as his hero. We tend to look at David as his hero. Some may not, but a lot of people look at David as his hero, you know, and he still had people looking after him. That better together theme, he still had these 30 warriors, uh, looking after him. And, you know, we know that there was people that, called him higher when he was in the wrong. And uh, I just want to look at one more scripture in 2 Samuel 23, verse 13 through 16. 2 Samuel 23, 13 through 16. During harvest time, three of the 30 chief warriors came down to David at the cave of Adom, while a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephraim, at that time, David was in the stronghold, and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the, so the 30 mighty warriors broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. So here David is. You know, he's just reflecting, you know, on the good old days. And, you know, I don't know if maybe you lived somewhere else and there was this really good restaurant that you really liked or, you know, this cooking that you really grew up on that you miss. And that's what he's thinking about in this water. Oh, if I just had some water from where I used to grow up, it's just, it's, it's comfort for me. I love it, right? And I think we can learn something from these mighty warriors. You know, they go out and I'm... And they go eight miles to get this water. And, you know, they don't do it because David says, hey, I'm your king, get me this water. They do it out of just love for their king, out of respect, out of, like I said, that that love, that love they have for their king. Um, And I hope that, you know, you're here because of love for your king, Jesus Christ, right? They don't have to get this water for them. You know, you don't have to be at church. I hope you feel like, you don't feel like, oh, I have to be at church right now. No, you get to be at church. You, you don't have to read your Bible. You get to read your Bible. This, this relationship with God is, is so good. It's so good. And, you know, it's not, it's not a burden to them. And, you know, this relationship with God shouldn't be a burden to you. Um, you know, God doesn't want you to just come to church and be a church goer and say, I'm just, I'm just a church person, right? If we meet someone at work or school or, 
you know, at the gym and we just, oh, I go to church. It's not really that moving. It's not going to want someone else to go to church. But, you know, if you, if you have that relationship with God where you just love spending time with God and, and listening to worship music and we're here and we're singing songs to God, you know, and you tell someone that your love for Christ, you know, they're going to feel that. And, you know, I'm excited to go on campus with, with Josh soon and, Josh loves the Lord, and just to share our faith on campus, and whoever wants to share their faith on campus, um, because God is so good, and we want, we want him to be known. And, you know, they got the water together. The warriors were together, and I'll share a story about, uh, you know, how I, I just wasn't feeling like, like I belonged, and maybe some of us, we don't feel like we always belong. Maybe uh, we're not good enough. And this was the, this is a retreat with the L.A. campus ministers. And, um, you know, I just felt like there's a difference between, you know, being a disciple and being in ministry, right? As, like, in ministry, you have to be good at, like, planning big events for, like, all the L.A. students. Or you have to, you know, just because I'm a disciple doesn't mean that I'm going to be a good preacher. That doesn't, that doesn't mean, it, mean that. It doesn't mean that I'm going to have all these thought-provoking, like, just things to say in these meetings. In fact, none of, the, none of these things, all these things I'm working on, right? And like I said last week, you know, Cody's at, at Lighthouse with David Molina, and he's here. You know, he's been a campus minister for seven years, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm trying to compare myself to David. Uh, Kenny's in this picture. He's got his master's in divinity. Uh, who else is here? You know, Kyle's a kingdom kid. He grew up in the church. He grew up in the and just the L.A. churches, and I'm thinking, like, wow, like, you know, I'm having this doubt, and Satan is getting in my head. Um, but that theme of better together and having each other, and I know some of you know uh, Stephen, who is campus minister now in Riverside and Rancho, and he was just building me up, encouraging me, and I wasn't even telling him, like, the battles I was having in my head of thinking I'm not good enough, like I don't belong here. Um, but he was just building me up. And sometimes we need to build each other up without even having to find out what is going on. Just, just have an encouraging word to say just because, just because you're filled with the Spirit. Um, so, yeah, we're just, we're, we're just better together. Um, but, yeah, I just want to encourage you that God does want that personal relationship with you. And if it's been a little rocky, you know, it's okay. We've all had those times where it's not where we think they should be. Uh, but God is a loving God. He's a forgiving God. And uh, he just wants to just draw closer to you. He really does love you so much. Um, and, yeah, it's just a blessing to, to have that relationship with him. And, and I know he wants the same for everyone. And I know a lot of people who have great relationships with God. Um, but in conclusion, uh, just to be confident in that God is always with you. Uh, even when you feel like you don't belong, even when you feel like you're not good enough, even when you have doubt or fear, God is always with you. To stand your ground, to keep your convictions, because, you know, the world is going to change its convictions. You know, you can't even say the same things that you could say 10 years ago. You can't even styles change, dress change, politics change, everything changed, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And to take heart for those that you care about, to really be in each other's lives, you know, pray for each other, just eat together, walk together, know what's going on, know what people are struggling with, 
because we all have a lot going on, and, and it can't be just the same 15 people in this church carrying the weight for everybody because we're a church family. We need, all of it. we need all of us to just be together, to carry the burdens, to give them to, to Christ. Amen? So even when you don't feel mighty, you are mighty in God's eyes. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for uh, just just loving us, God, caring about us, and you know just just being the God that you are. Thank you for always being with us, even when we don't feel it, we don't we don't want to feel it, we don't we're just wrestling with you. You're still with us. Thank you for the convictions that you've given us that are you know based on the Bible, not based on the silly stuff even I can say, God, but based on your word, based on our relationship with you. And God, thank you for letting us, uh, you know, to take heart for those who care about, to be bold and courageous for those we love. And thank you for others being bold and courageous and taking heart in our lives. God, thank you for letting us be mighty men and women of God. And uh, we're just so grateful for you, God. You are so holy, so pure. And uh, we just thank you. We probably sing this in Jesus' name. Amen.